0: Hello. This is Bob. And this is Jordan. And this is Shop Talks. Yeah. We're here at uh, Boise Tattoo Company in Boise, Idaho. And um, today I'm gonna uh, apologize ahead of time because I got a bit of a cold. So if, if I get all hacky and coffee, <laughs> everybody knows why. Hachoo. <laughs> um, we're. I think we're gonna talk a little bit about. Uh, Hope today, and yeah. what, what that means, and, and uh, how that can be a, a good foundation to build from, especially especially when you find yourself in a low place. Exactly, it's one of those. It's it's challenging, though. I mean, you know, when you talk when you think about that. This is like when you're in a relatively good mood, even sitting here having a call. I'm in a pretty good mood today hopeful right relatively yeah right like whenever you're just in it when you're in the shit you know when you're in a fucking pit you know (laughs) that's when you need it the most that's when it seems like it you can't you know it's really hard or impossible to find it anywhere you know
1: well you know your attitude you know hope and attitude and all these things that we've been talking about they're they're a muscle just like your heart or your your mm-hmm. your biceps or anything like that. Yep. You've got to work them, yep. and if you if you slack off, you're gonna backslide.
0: And that is the thing. And
1: and so I mean, hope is hope is a hard thing to have, and especially in today's climate, with everything is so negative. Everything it doesn't take you it doesn't take you a micron of a second. To find something negative whether it be on social media or on the news or on the TV or anything you can find it it's there and it's beating you down and you have to decide what you let beat you down or what builds you up um, well, so. I,
0: yeah I mean I think it is you know you brought up social media and I think that probably in light of the way that society and communication are changing with the advent of social media and the way that that affects people's moods and behaviors and uh, general dispositions, I think that this conversation is probably more important than ever. You know, we have multiple, uh, all of the main social media platforms, you know, their algorithms generally will be prioritizing things that you'll view as negative because they know that you'll respond to that. So quite frequently, I think that you know, the interactions on social media being driven by these algorithms, you know, what is or isn't in your newsfeed, what you do or don't see, has become really inadvertently negative and controversial. Like, the purpose of them putting something into the newsfeed is because it is divisive. And that, you know, so, so I mean, in general, this probably makes for more frustrated, angry, irritated, discontented people, you know? So I would say that, you know, in light of all of that, I think hope is probably more essential than ever. But I mean, my greatest hope is that we'll come out the other side of this thing a little bit, you know, better for it.
1: Yeah. You know, when, uh, when this whole news 24 hours news cycle really kicked into play. You know, you had headline news before you had CNN, and headline news every 30 minutes would play sports in the Hollywood Minute. Mm -hmm. So you had a break every 30 minutes of positive. Because they didn't, least back then. Well, yeah, at least neutral, yeah. Because, well, (coughs) you didn't have all the Hollywood people haranguing and screaming about politics. See what I'm saying? They, They were talking about movies that were coming out, their parts. Their marriages, you know, maybe people getting divorced or whatever, and how sad that was. But it still gave you a distraction from, you know, war and famine and, ethi- you know, you know all the, you know, going from Ethiopia, you know, you know, in the, you know, because that was one of the things that was big in the eighties was, you know, the famine in Ethiopia that we watched, and because we came out of Vietnam in the seventies, and then, you know, the the news cycle finally figured out that if they glamorize what is negative, people are more drawn play to... negative it.
0: shit. Well, this is exactly. the thing about the human animal, right? We are biologically predisposed to seek out negative data over positive. It makes greater impressions, and we remember it better. Ooh. Now, this is born out of our... Evolutionary necessity to understand that which might negatively impact our survival. Yeah, that's significantly more important. That the crop was bad, we don't have enough food to get through the winter, is significantly more important than uh, the crop was excellent and we're all going to do great. Yeah, right. The crop is excellent and we're all going to do great. Doesn't mm-hmm. require anything to change
1: unless you don't want to eat wheat or corn
0: yeah but like <laughs> you know we're definitely you know humans definitely prioritize negative information information that they view as being possibly detrimental yeah and well,
1: let's turn into humor too
0: oh you know, yeah and, but i mean you have to you know understanding that even is the first step like if you can even if you can just go throughout your day, understanding that you have a biological predisposition towards the negative and understand why, then at least you can start to check your negativity. Is this actually pertinent to my survival? Am I fucking problematizing or catastrophizing in a particular situation? Because people do that quite frequently. You know, you're in a negative situation and and the the what-ifs kind of run away with you. And before you know it, you know, you're... In your mind, you're homeless, living under a bridge, fucking, you know, shooting up heroin that you mixed up with fucking gutter water. But, like, (laughs) you're still just sitting on your couch. You know what I mean? But, like, in your head, you're already there. You know, and that's because we have that... Predisposition towards the negative and then when as soon as we our brains glom onto that we tend to play that out yeah you know we tend to run it out to its worst possible conclusion yeah and so if you can at least start every day knowing that you have a biological predisposition towards the negative then I think that's the first part of the battle for like a, a consistently hopeful attitude yeah yeah. If so I know, hey, I gotta, cons- I gotta constantly check myself. I gotta, I gotta make sure that when something positive does happen, that I, I pay attention to it, I pay it its due, and I allow enough time and energy and focus towards that positive thing that happened, as opposed to just being like, oh, that's positive, that's great, doesn't matter. What's the negative? What's the problem to solve? So that's a lot of people. That's a lot of how people go through life. That's a lot of. And this is a very personal issue for me because this is something that I struggle with daily is glossing over the positive things in my life to find the problems that need to be solved. Right? Yeah. Fucking going through your life trying to find problems. You will find them. You will find problems. Well, you seek what you find. You will find things to be disappointed about. You will find things to upset you. Guaranteed. This isn't to say that you shouldn't be mindful or aware and planning ahead, but there are limitless numbers of possible problems that you may encounter.
1: Well, let's dig a little deeper. <clears throat> let's, let's dig it a little deeper. What's, what really leads to what you seek? So if you're, if you're not, if, if you feel like there's no hope in the world, but you find, but you find solace in things that you agree with, whether they be right-leaning or left-leaning, and I mean, I'm I'm going to draw a I'm going to draw a border on alt-left and alt-right. I'm going to use the word alt-left because they call what do they call them the the radical know. left. I don't know. You, you know, and the alt-right, which is a radical right, which I don't agree with the phrase, Whatever. but anyway, extreme right, extreme, extreme left. right, extreme left. So what? But so my question for you is this. What is the lie you perpetrate in your mind to keep you from actually seeking hope at every, every opportunity you might have to, to think what can I do to be hopeful <coughs> so what, what what can I do in myself to build hope so build to build hope what can I, think, I do
0: well I for me that it's real important to recognize and why the negative and then the building of hope is for me as a lot more to do with remaining conscious and in the moment right daily right because when you're doing that and you're finding beauty in the things that are beautiful and you're finding enjoyment in the things that are enjoyable and you're really actually paying attention to the fact that they are beautiful and they are enjoyable and that you know the tree growing in your front yard is an amazing beautiful thing yeah it starts to become easier and easier to be hopeful because when you see one positive thing it's easy much easier to see another this is something that we talk about, like in hunting, all the time. We'll always make a joke, like I got to find that first year. Once you see that first elk, once you see, the, you know, that first bear, when you, see, whatever it is, whatever you're looking for, once you see it once, it's a whole lot easier for the mind to see it and recognize it again. And I think the same is true with hope. So you gotta like. Bring yourself to a place where you're in the moment, where you're present, where you're conscious. That means not thinking about yesterday, not thinking about tomorrow, not thinking about these problems or those problems or this thing to get done or that thing that needs to get done, or the fact that you, you know, you you had peanut butter and banana sandwich for breakfast, or the fact that you, you, you know, you, you haven't fucked your wife in fucking a week and a half, and you want to, you know, or whatever you're fucking zone, whatever you're tripping on. Yeah. None of that just sitting and appreciating whatever is happening right in that moment you'll have hope you'll have joy right then and then once you've found it it becomes easier to find it again yeah okay because you recognize it yeah
1: that's a good point that's a good way way to put it Um,
0: or at least that's you know that's something that helps me Um, that and 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 when i'm losing it you know you you realize like dial it back bring yourself back to the present i kind of do that as a reset you know like oh right fell off the wagon getting a fucking shitty thought cycle or whatever i'm gonna bring it back and recenter myself go back through you know those first few steps right. and
1: well here's what i do when i'm driving because i have i'm i'm a horrible road rager oh okay. and my my wife will attest to that and what i'm trying to work on she hasn't witnessed this yet but what i do is when i say something mean about somebody i'll say i'll say either something really simple like you know bob they're just trying to get where you're like you are they're just driving somewhere to get somewhere just like you are it's none of your business how they get there Mm-hmm. Or I'll say, or I'll find something else that'll be like, oh, well, at least they did this, you know. But I find that at least they did this is kind of more condescending. Mm-hmm. So I just try and say, hey, we're all on a ride, we're all on a drive, got a destination to get to. Some people are a little more hurried than others, yeah. or haven't figured out that going so fast only gets you there just a few seconds before I, yeah. be- I arrive behind you. Fourteen seconds before. Exactly. Right. You know, and I, as a as a cor a former Corvette driver. You know it really what it is it boils down to is if I want to drive fast, I'm gonna drive fast yeah. I don't care what you think I'm gonna be cautious and my your safety is as important to me as it is to you And I do take your safety as much as a responsibility as mine because I'm the one driving fast And I'm the one who could die As quickly as you can if I hit you In fact mm-hmm. I'll probably die before you because I was really low to the ground or if I'm on my motorcycle you know, you try and do things so much differently, mm-hmm. so um, be much more cautious. Uh, so I'm trying to be trying to look at other people and say, look, Bob, they're just going someplace. Mm-hmm. You might even know them, or they might pull into the same parking lot as you. Yeah, let them be. You know, say something nice to them if you see them. You know, don't be snide. <laughs> um, but but you also but I I I've also been. Kind of looking at inside myself and how I feel about things, whether I felt it this way for for decades or just a couple of weeks, and I try and and I've been looking and saying, is this something I need to reevaluate? And do I, are my is my perspective truth? Because I, I really do believe there's an absolute truth. I, I personally believe that. But we all have—we're all entitled to our own perspective to that truth, and that's where that diamond, that fraction, or the fractal, non-two-sided coin thing comes into play.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, so, there is like objective reality, yes, out there, but there's no there's there's no objective reality or truth for you as an individual. That's the strange thing, because well, the minute the hold on, okay, hear fine. me out on this, and then feel free to. Disagree with me, if you want. Of course. But um, there is an objective truth, I guess. But I can't know what it is. You can't know what it is in its entirety, right? You can know certain things, okay, objectively, like, usually this is the case. The sun's going to come
1: up tomorrow morning.
0: Usually. But the way that the mind constructs the conscious experience is interpreted by your subjective physiological and emotional state when you experience it yeah so there may be objective truth but not for you because you filtered it through bob
1: well that's but that's my point is i'm trying to what i'm trying to say is
0: you're trying to take the Bob filter out I'm trying to take the Bob sure. filter
1: out for sure I may still come up to the same <coughs> conclusion but I mean you can read one you can read a book mm-hmm. I'm just going to pick a book it's called Zig Ziglar See You at the Top mm-hmm. okay and I've read the first three chapters and not, I've never finished it because it's just because I am so intense in studying it and trying to get the precepts down that I get burned out in trying to do it so I, I just need to read it and then read it, read it a second time and do that but anyway, so, but when I read it, when I read it, I might find some, I might remember something I read, but then I might re- re- get to that second part that I had the epiphany for in the first place, and I get to that second part where I was thinking about the epiphany, but I was still reading mm-hmm. or going over the lines in the book, anyway, and it's a new book. The Bible is a lot like that too. That's why. That's why. That's why there's so <coughs> much, so much growth you can get when you read a book like the Bible because. You, because you get caught, you get caught up in something that you're like, aha, I understand this. Well,
0: when you and start then, reading and, something, but you're reading your perspective into it as right. you're reading it. But as
1: you grow as a human being, your perspective that changes. 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 So you might, you, you, or, you're, or you're actually, <laughs> so <laughs> let me put it this way. My second wife is a social worker, My, uh, um, and she got really mad because I was super broken. After my first divorce. And it wasn't her fault. It, I'll take responsibility for it. It wasn't Lisa's fault. It wasn't my first wife's fault that I was so broken. She was m- broken beyond measure. And I don't know what she, where she's at now. It doesn't matter. That's her life. But what I'm saying is that Lisa used to say these little things to me. And the one thing she used to always say to me is, wherever you go, there you are. That's Will Rogers. Mm-hmm. Wherever you go, there you are. And I kept looking at her like... What the fuck are you talking about? That's just, thanks Captain Obvious, right? And then I watch something like uh, As Good As It Gets, or I'm talking to somebody else and I'm you know, feeling broken or feeling sorry for myself, and they might say the same thing. And they might say it along with something else. It was my team leader, his name was Sherman, and he said, he said that same thing to me. But I, I don't remember what he said before that, to be and then he said but wherever you go Bob there you are. Yeah. And I was like holy fucking shit that's what she means and so we were divorced by then. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. You
1: know, cuz it was like oh I'm me I'm broken and if I don't fix myself I'm going to end up where I'm always at because I'm doing the same I'm insane. because mm-hmm. Cuz I'm doing the same thing and not changing what I'm doing and expecting different results. Yeah. So if I need something and I call somebody and say Hey man, I need ten bucks. Can I borrow ten bucks? But I don't save my. I don't work hard on maintaining my own money. Then I'm always borrowing money from my friends. I pretty mm-hmm. soon don't have any fucking friends because man, I'm fucking Bob only wants his fucking ten bucks. You know, mm-hmm. ten bucks is ten bucks, bro. So maybe that's silly. I'm sorry, but no. If you don't, you have to. This is this is part. It killed my hope mm-hmm. because I. But then all of a sudden I would spark a hope when i realized that's what she was saying all these years and then when i said that to her she's like oh sure, some other guy so i tell you i'm a woman and a guy tells you and you fucking get it like that's not the point like, that's not it, the point it was funny she's <coughs> going to probably punch me on my ear if she listens to this oh, but right. I, I but she to her credit she actually made it so i could hear that at that point mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying she just she planted a lot of seeds in my brain yeah and, and it just the fun, took me years. The funny years.
0: thing is, if she hadn't said that before, it might not have meant much to you when he said it. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. So it took both. Exactly. It took her saying it a long time ago and you being like, whatever. Exactly. Whatever that stupid shit means. And then he said it, and you're like, ah, 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 I get it. Aha. I get what she was talking about. You need, But you needed both. Yeah. Aha. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was joking last week uh, with Jordan. I'm going to be the Little guy in the corner telling bad jokes, I from hope. like in *Coming to America*, and, and I'll be the one. Ah uh-huh. ha!
0: I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I need I somebody that. in here telling bad that. jokes in the corner. I'm the ol- usually the only one in here telling bad jokes. I had in a the guy. Corner. I had a guy at
1: work today. He said he couldn't. He said he had to put his customer on, on mute and tell him he had a cough because he's laughed so hard. Because I said to one of my customers, he "said Hey, look, my name's Bob, but I'm gonna be Frank for a second he just thought that was ah. <laughs> I say that all the time, you know. Fucking <laughs> dork. <laughs> it is. Oh, love that, I love that. But I say that that's kind of so shit to my customers awesome to though. to disarm them or oh, to yeah. you know to add levity to the to a tense moment. You know. Sure. I've been sucking at it lately, though. They don't laugh. I just tell them, well, if you don't think I'm funny, I'll keep my day job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's not that funny. No, Especially because they're already on the phone with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just keep my day job, thanks.
1: Yeah. You're not good at this either, buddy. What are you talking about?
0: Fuck you! You're bad at this, and you're bad at comedy. <laughs> what did your wife say about you?
1: Oh shit! Oh boy. She doesn't listen anyway, so <laughs> Hope,
0: hopefully something hopeful. That's hopefully. What oh, she's
1: wonderful. My wife is the best. I. I <coughs>
0: she is. Autumn's a sweetheart. Yeah. 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 So. The. Um, <coughs> You know this thing of hope. Hope. The funny thing about you know talking about it. How do you how do you find hope when you're in the dump? Blah blah blah. It's there. It's always there. That's the thing about hope, love, joy, gratitude, peace, tranquility. You have all of them. That's the problem. People go looking around for them all over the place. But they have them already. You already have Yeah, it. exactly. You already have all it. It's that. inside it's of already, you. You already have all of it. It's in you. You find it in yourself. You're not going to go find it at the liquor store. You're not going to go find it at the bar. You're not going to go find it in whatever bag of dope you got. And God knows I enjoy drugs, all right, I'm not. right? I'm not <laughs> one to say that I don't do drugs. I do plenty of drugs. If you don't like it, kiss my ass. But like... You're not gonna find your joy there. You're not gonna find your hope there. You're not gonna find your peace or your solitude. Wherever you're looking for it, you're not gonna find it well, there. You it's know, inside of you. Here's it. what you gotta it's to do It's already in you.
1: Here's what you do. If you if you can't find your hope, this is what I want you to do. I want you to either you either have a mirror you can get your face right up into, okay? Or you got a hand mirror. I want you to take that hand mirror or that mirror. I want you to get right up in there, get right up in the face of that mirror, and I want you to close one eye and I want you to look deep into the one eye that's open. Okay. Think of all the nerve endings in that eyeball, and how that processes into your your brain, and all the neurons and all the synapses that fire as your eyeball goes off. Okay. Your eyeball is a miracle. It is a perfect miracle. Well, unless you have to wear glasses like me, but still, still still pretty pretty damn pretty pretty still pretty fucking miraculous. There's hope in your eyes. It is the window to your soul. If you look deep enough, that's where it is. It's inside of you, okay? Mm -hmm. And then what you say before you pull away, and it's this campy, it's silly, everyone's like, you know, the whole Saturday Night Night Live thing where, you know, deep thoughts by, you know, what's-his-face or Mm -hmm. uh, that one character, Stuart, saves it, you know, with, uh, you're good enough, you know, people like you. you. You know, if you tell yourself good things, good things come out of you.
0: Yeah. Good things come out of you when you tell yourself good things. It's just like a dog or a child right. or anything else. Right. Any, exactly. other, any other fucking emotionally driven yeah. fucking creature on this planet. You know, if I take my kid and I tell her that she's a piece of shit every day and I fucking slap her around and I make her feel like crap, guaranteed she's going to have trouble. Yeah. Guaranteed she's going to feel like she's a piece yeah. of shit. If you, if you do the same thing to yourself all day... And lots of people do, to be realistic. Like, most people yeah. treat themselves horribly.
1: Bucket of How shit. do
0: you expect to respond to that? What you do you expect ca- to get out?
1: You carry that bucket of shit with you everywhere. Yeah, that's right. One of the biggest things I've gotten out of the 12 Rules for Life is, he says, Jordan Peterson says, memories are not to wall... He doesn't say this, I'm paraphrasing. Memories are not to waller in, they're to learn from. So that you know what not to do when it happens to you again.
0: Yeah.
1: So you're not living the cycle of insanity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Now I don't want to shoot my wad on this too early. Okay. But you can either find hope <coughs> in yourself, or you can live Dylan's life. The gentleman who was one of the shooters in Columbine. He had an absence of hope. He had such a negative amount of. That in his life, though he missed, he he had so little of anything in his life, it turned him into a killer. He didn't care about the world, or didn't have, he didn't allow anybody any kind of redeeming quality. He didn't forgive anybody, he didn't look to people and see good things in them. What he saw was someone who was a termite to the planet and needed to be killed. Well, and this, he killed as many people as he could before he killed himself.
0: That's that's the thing. That, that starts with the way that you view yourself.
1: Yeah. That's what that's what made me think of this hope thing because I mean we've had two major shootings in the last two weeks or three weeks ago I think it was now, and they're all like mental health, guns, take the guns away, mental health. Yeah, it's really what it is. Is it's it's about what did that person really feel inside of himself? It's not about mental illness. Was he mentally ill? Maybe, possibly. It's, it is a very good possibility. It's
0: likely but, ultimately, likely, but like at the end of the day, mentally ill or not, I know plenty of mentally ill people who don't you know, commit killed. mass murder. Exactly. So this is not the issue. Exactly. The issue is not that he's mentally ill. Although, I do think that, you know, mental health is a big problem in this country, and it's definitely Absolutely. something we need to become better at Absolutely. addressing.
1: But... He had no respect for life, whether <clears throat> it was the color of their skin, Regardless of how he felt about people of color or Hispanic people coming across the border down in El Paso, this person had no respect for life, and was willing to take out that form of vengeance. Yeah, and that starts
0: with yourself. He didn't have any respect for his own life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't have any love or joy for himself, and consequently, he didn't have it for others. And that's. That's the nature of the beast. This is, a, you know, like one of those platitudes, like, oh, you can't right. love anyone else until you love yourself or whatever. You can't find joy in the world until right. you learn to find it in yourself. Yeah, exactly. These, these things that have... tropes that have been just over and over and over again. But they're very true, right? There's like... Well, they've ultimate.
1: been romanticized in music now and all those things, Sure, but that doesn't make them any they, less know, applicable. Know, yeah.
0: That's the problem with them, right? Some, But... um yeah I don't I don't think that uh, there's significantly more to say now we can expound on some of the topics but at the end of the day the hope that you're searching for the joy that you're looking for the peace that you desire to find is already inside of you yeah if you are looking somewhere other than in yourself, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: Yeah. I mean, you might, you might look for help. There are, there are oh, things... Oh, there's loads, of, yeah. there's
0: loads of methods to help you yeah. along. But like trying to find the joy, trying to find the peace, trying to find the hope somewhere is a futile exercise because you've had it all along. You've had it the whole time you've had it. Yeah. And it's all about the way that you frame your perception of what happens. You know, I think about it this way. I can be, uh, you know, working on a drawing and can work on it for a while have the client show up and go, oh, I didn't want this thing, I wanted that thing. I wanted it this way. I can choose to be irritated, frustrated by that and view it as a negative thing, but now I have to change it, right? But if I do, what, what does that do? It just means that I'm now frustrated, I'm now probably in a bad mood. My client can probably tell that I'm in a bad mood. So that didn't help either of us. But a lot of times that's what people would do. That would be, the, oh, this negative thing happened, it wasted my time, now I'm going to feel negatively about it. That's a choice. It's purely a choice. Because I can look at the same exact occurrence, the same exact happening, <coughs> and go, oh, this person wants me to change that. It's an opportunity for me to draw this other thing and to improve my skills and my abilities. And, uh, you know, also to communicate to the client that, like, I really value what they want and what they they need out of this. Yeah. So, same exact thing happened, but my perception of it is the only thing that changed. But your perception of the things that happened to you is the only thing that you can control. So if you're looking for hope or joy or love or peace or anything else somewhere else other than the way that you've, you shape the perceptions of the things that happen to you throughout the day, then you're looking in the wrong place. Because the only thing that you can change and control is the way that you perceive the things that are happening to you. This is the only thing that you have any control over. Yeah. That's it.
1: Well, I mean, even the things you don't have control over, you have control over how you manage that feeling of not controlling it. That's my
0: point. Yeah. You have control over how you feel about it. Yeah. You have control over the way that you perceive those things. Yeah. And sometimes
1: it's steps. Yeah. Sometimes it's steps. So Absolutely. Like last time we talked about how I got mad at my stepdaughter <coughs> and I didn't say anything. Well, now the conversation we've had this week is, hey, look, if I make you mad, you need to say I'm mad. And, then, and you can either say, can I have a minute to talk about it in a few minutes? Or that's what I'm gonna do. Hey, look, I'm gonna look at you and say, hey, I am feel a little angry what you said made me angry. Let's take a couple minutes, take a break, and then we can talk about what was said and how I felt and how, how I'm dealing with it. And, cause I made her mad the other night. She I, she scratched somebody and and I said, you're a brat. She did what now? I called her a brat. For why? She scratched her mom. And they were wrestling around with her hands, you know, and she scratched her mom. It wasn't oh, a big deal. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like she was, like, you know, trying to scratch her eyes out or anything like that. She was just, just, messing. just messing around. Yeah. And I said, you're a brat.
0: And she got mad.
1: Huh. And she walked out of the room, and I had to call her back in. I said, are you mad? And she was like, no, I'm not mad.
0: Don't fucking <laughs> lie to me, girl. I said,
1: I said, don't lie. You're mad. And she, I said, it's okay for you to tell me you're mad. You need to say... Bob, I'm mad. Talk about it. Sort it let's out. Let's sort. Let's talk about this, and then I can say, okay. Well, I, I'll I'll try and use a different tone if I'm going to joke with you and call you a brat, because I don't really think you're a brat.
0: Yeah, I don't really think that. I'm just teasing you. Just teasing around. you. Yeah.
1: It's just my tone was. I was very quick. It wasn't. And I was very dark when I said it.
0: It was like quick and snappy, and yeah. it wasn't right for her. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't a Adolphia. Yeah.
1: You're being a brat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah because she doesn't like being called a turd either, and that's one thing I struggle oh. with, is not calling her a turd. Oh,
0: Because
1: <laughs> so, that's like, well, and I keep telling her, I said, well, you got <coughs> it easy. Ask Paul, Paul was here this last March when, after Harper was born. And I said, you should ask Paul what it was like growing up with me as a dad, because get, you'll get an education. <laughs> I, I say, you know, you think you have it hard. I used to call them bastards. Yeah, you little know. bastard. Yeah, little bastard, get out of here. You know, get in here, or get out of here. Or You know, go do the dishes, you bastard. Things like that's what I wouldn't say to them. And I'd flip them off. Uh, I'd be like, hey, I'd call one of them by name, and they'd be like, what? And be like, you know, finger in the ear, you know. And they'd just laugh and walk away because he knew what I meant, uh-huh. you know. I did, I did get her the other night. She was coming out of her bathroom, walking to her bedroom, and I said, hey, Olivia. And she comes back out of her bedroom. And I said, she said, yeah. And I said, how much further would you have been if you hadn't come back?
0: Ah, ah, ah. Ah. And she goes, oh! Ah. She should have said, oh, fuck you, Bob! Exactly. Peace. That's right. Oh, shit.
1: (laughs) And that's what I'm I'm trying to feed her the idea of communicating and being open. And then I can feed her the idea of building that hope. Mm -hmm. Having that. Now, one thing I didn't say about. So, dry mix, we talked about. I talked about. I did a little Facebook message about hope and dry mix. One thing about dry mix I didn't mention was the fact that when you lay the concrete down, if they do it properly, the dry mix never settles from the bottom of the concrete.
0: Oh, There's no, never to a space. Yeah, if they
1: it. compact it correctly, when they lay the concrete, and you tear <coughs> that concrete up, that dry mix is it's still right there. In 75 or 100 years, it'll still be there if you do it right. That's the kind of hope I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the kind of foundation to create a symbiotic. You know, I love that whole symbiotic conversation we had uh-huh. a couple, a couple, three weeks ago. You know, symbiotic relationship with the world, so we all have sound structures, and if in that That's way where it
0: starts. If you're not yeah. starting from like a place of like hope and love, mm-hmm. then like you're not going to be able to build that. Yeah, symbiosis. Well, you're
1: yeah, and your mark on this world might be that maybe my structure is going to be strong enough to house somebody else for. A time until they can get that dry mix laid down Hopefully. and that concrete foundation yeah, set absolutely. up. Hopefully. You know, that's what yeah. you sh- we should hope to be. <laughs> Am I my brother's keeper? Well, yeah. Yeah. And you're not. And your brothers. And you're being your brother's keeper by being an example of hope. And well, I mean, everybody light.
0: knows Cain was a fucking asshole.
1: Well, actually, actually, you know. <laughs>
0: Ah. Peterson
1: talks about Cain and Abel. I think Cain was mad because God didn't accept the sacrifice. Cain didn't understand <coughs> Cain that the was sacrifice... was a little bitch. Yeah, he, he was. But he didn't take the time to try and understand what the meaning of the sacrifice was. He thought that his fruits, first fruits, so any apple he picks, if I go out, and because I'm, he was the gardener guy, if I go out and pick five carrots and they're perfect, I think they're perfect, and I go pick five apples and I put them on the altar and I sacrifice them to God, that was not the symbol of atonement that that sacrifice stood for mm-hmm. and he didn't take the time to be objective enough to understand exactly what that sacrifice also was didn't about didn't follow
0: instructions worth of shit
1: well yeah that's yeah that's he missed the whole point so i mean
0: the point being like not like yeah i can get any old shit i want motherfucker i'm god but i asked for the first
1: flock first of the flocks
0: first blood sacrifice not the fucking second not the third not the fucking not the best looking just the first because I want to know that like you're committed to fucking it was supposed to be unblemished too well unblemished but like you know generally unless you've got like a herd of mutants (laughs) you
1: know (laughs) Jim Gaffigan called that so he was you see the prime thing he's talking about how eating goat cheese he's like hmm this cow cheese is really good Hey, I wonder what that. Uh, you see that, that dog over there looks like it smoked meth? I wonder what that cheese tastes like. It was a goat. He's talking <laughs> about goat cheese. So, <laughs> goat, uh, dog that smoked meth. I thought that was funny as so. hell.
0: Probably not good cheese.
1: Probably not. I don't know. Feta's pretty good.
0: No, I meant like methy dog dick cheese.
1: Uh, uh, I'm gonna th- I don't think I'm going to eat dinner How do you tonight. get a
0: dog to smoke meth? That's the real question.
1: <sighs> I had of. Um, family member years ago who had a dog and a cat that fought like a dog and a cat yeah and he blew pot smoke up at their nose oh yeah and then they and were they, fight. they were the best of friends in oh, fact I'm sure they were sleeping on their sofa one night their screened it was summertime it was really hot and they didn't have air conditioning but the screen door screen in the screen door had no metal and it just had a wire just the wire you know the mesh wire yeah and it was loose yeah, so it right, and the cat was a big tomcat, mm-hmm. and uh, the tomcat got in a fight, and the dog literally went out and saved him from the fight.
0: Oh, that's... It sweet.
1: was hilarious. I'm laying there. I, I must have been really high, because I, I remember I was awake still, but... Um, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, whoa, man. <laughs> that was fucking cool. <laughs> so, But Bo and Shelby. Bo was a cat, and Shelby was a dog, and they were... it was That was, that was funny. That was just... Because they would wrestle. Uh-huh. They'd be in the front yard and they'd, the cat would stalk the dog. Ah. they jump on him and they'd wrestle. You know? So did they only get along when they were smoking pot or did they just smoke no, them out a few was, times and then they got along forever? They just smoked out a few times and they got along forever. There you go. Yeah. But now I'm hearing that THC isn't good for
0: animals. I don't ah. know about that. <laughs> I don't know. No, I wouldn't. I'm not. You'd have either. to be. I don't know that that's true or not. Honestly, I, I read a bit about it because my dog ate some of my weed one time. But like, <laughs> I've never like. Your dog never, sees colors. Then it's never seemed to bother him. I might, every time, yeah. I, every time I smoke, he comes fucking running up. Like, what you doing? What are you doing? You <laughs> hang out? Yeah. You wanna give me some of that? Uh, yeah. So
1: everybody's probably heard of Bob and Tom. They had this guy call in one time, and uh, he was like this. He was telling us. He was talking to Bob, and Tom was like, and he'd go, <laughs> And Tom or Bob, I think it was Bob, says, hey, uh, he called me by name. He says, you smoke a lot of dope? Smoke a lot of dope. So um, you'll, you'll hear me talk about maybe sometimes about, uh, oh, now I don't remember his name. I lost his name. But my nephew's dog, he's—we call him the Wonder Dog, and uh, we used to—we joke that he sees colors because that's what he ate. All he ate some of his weed. Oh, yeah. So he's—he's um, he's the Wonder Dog, cause, and he's so mellow. It's—it's it's hilarious. But that's—that's that's the joke. Is if your dog eats marijuana, he'll—he can see colors. He can actually see the color red. <laughs> he,
0: he probably can. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I feel uh, I feel pretty good about what we've covered with Hope here this evening, and I uh... yeah,
1: I think we did pretty good. Look, I think I just I just really feel strongly that that's it's and my the journey I've started here in the last well since Harper's been born, and that's been an up and down thing for me. Um, but I really hope I mean, and I it's not tongue and cheek at all. It, my desire is for everybody to understand that we 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 want to come from a good place and we want to take a trip to a better place. No. Oh, and Absolutely.
0: As much as we joke around and yeah. and cut up or like talk shit or fucking
1: or get too serious sometimes. Or get
0: yeah, or get serious or talk about how this shit sucks or this shit's yeah. a dumb idea. All we're trying to do is uh help people find that place inside themselves. Yeah. That peace, that solace. Exactly. Exactly. Where they, can, where they don't have to, feel you they don't, they don't got to go look for it anywhere else, you've already got it inside you.
1: Right. I don't feel like when somebody says they're depressed, I don't feel like we'll get over it anymore. I feel like, so what questions do I need to ask you to help you understand what you feel? So if, if you need help, I hope that you, again, will say reach out. Uh, uh, please remember the suicide hotline phone number, I'll put it on the, uh, actually I'm going to put it on my webpage tonight. I'm going to post this tomorrow, so I'll be putting it on Friday night um, or Saturday morning uh, We're going to. I'll post this tomorrow morning uh, if you need help reach out if you don't ask for help you're not going to get it ask the right questions and the right question comes from asking questions okay that's how marketers do it, they come up with the great slogans because they ask the stupid questions until they come up with the right question so uh, we wish you the best. This is Bob.
0: And this is Jordan.
1: And uh, we hope you all enjoyed our conversation, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.